Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another money show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, your host, Anthony Correo, J.R. Rochford, taking a break from our day-to-day -day as financial advisors with Rochford & Associates, a fully independent fourth-generation family practice right here in the greater Phoenix area to bring you information you may not find on those other financial shows. We are aware that the last thing you need is another money show, but we appreciate you being here. Uh, today, we got articles on, you guessed it, the banks. Uh, we got digital currencies, probably Fed now, um, universal basic income, but I think we're going to start off with goldbacks. You know, we get questions all the time. You know, we're a, a very conservative financial practice, and a lot of people kind of associate that with mm -hmm. gold, silver, precious metals. Our stance on that may be a little bit different uh, than some of the other guys that are really pushing that. We think kind of in moderation, but. We talked a few weeks ago, a few months ago, I don't know, it comes up every once in a while, about goldbacks, which is a, a form of gold, but also kind of a currency that's being passed around in a few states. Um, what are your thoughts on goldbacks, Jer? My thoughts are, first of all, thank you so much for being with us. We always appreciate your support. And thank you to Doug for last week. You jumped right into it. You went right from the opening to goldbacks. And I want to say thank you first to Doug. So that was our very first guest on the show. We've got a few others lined up. One, believe it or not, is a guy who is instrumental in he's trying to get Goldbacks launched in the state of Arizona. So we're going to try to work out getting him on because he is really in the know on Goldbacks. But I did want to say thank you so much to Doug. Doug is doing a wonderful job with the show. He's doing our YouTube channel. If you haven't checked that out, please do. We need your help and your support. So thank you again, Doug. And back to goldbacks. So goldbacks are really interesting. If you've never seen one, they look like monopoly money. They look like funny money. And what it is, it's a pressed, like a melted pressed one, what is it, Anthony? One thousandth of an ounce of gold. And we'll start at one one thousandth and we'll go up to uh, 50 one thousandths. You know, they're in different denominations, different sizes. Uh, they're interesting. Yeah. And the thought, I've got a couple thoughts. One, if you have the resources to diversify further, if you've already got your lifetime income in place, you've got your money ready and your powder dry in case there's a stock market correction, you're ready to buy in. If everything's covered, this is something interesting to look at. It is a version of precious metals, but it's also a potential currency. So these, the hope, is that these are going to be able to be used in stores. I think it's a race against time. I mean, I think FedNow, you know, it was very, very, very quietly launched. I'm sure you know that. FedNow is in place. And by the way, yesterday I read an article that there was a huge problem with Chase Bank and Zelle. 
So I'm sure you heard about that, Anthony. There was a huge outage, and for most of the day yesterday, people could not transact with Zelle. Is that just a coincidence? You know, a week after the uh, the old FedNow was launched? You know, as soon as you have problems with Venmo and Zelle, you're going to thank goodness that FedNow is in place and you can, you know, use that platform. Plus, well, we've rough. all had issues with going to a place and their credit card reader is down. So what happens when we uh, have that with the entire currency across the board? But talking about goldbacks, because I know you like to get off of track. You know, you mentioned that we may be talking with someone. Was it first National Boolean and Scottsdale? Sorry, right? Yeah. Yes. So we spoke with Layton, um, who a, a client and a friend of ours met at a, a home show or something like that. But when they were told, you know, that our financial advisor introduced us to Goldbacks, these guys kind of their ears perked up. And I guess they've had some kind of hit or miss run ins with financial advisors. But uh, I mean, it makes sense. We've told you that a thousand times on this show. A lot of advisors won't suggest anything that doesn't make them money. You know, we make no money on these Goldbacks, but. They're interesting, at least, you know, everything in moderation. But I guess this man is the one kind of pushing to have Arizona release its own version. You know, right now it's Nevada, New Hampshire, Utah. And if you go onto the Goldback site, you can actually find a listing of retailers that will accept them. Right now we know Lydia's up in uh, Wickenburg will take them. Lydia's is a wonderful little cafe. Um, supposedly there's a list of like 20 or so companies. Is that what he said? We have here he said twenty, and they need to get to. I believe it was seventy-five, or no, it was a hundred. Right? They they need I'm to get more five. So, if you're listening to this and you are a small business owner and you are interested in uh, offering goldbacks as a currency in your establishment, you know he can walk you through that. Um, but it seems like he's trying to push to get goldbacks issued in Arizona right now. They've got a lease program. Um, I think it takes a year to return. You essentially, you invest your money, you get your money back plus interest, but you get it in gold backs. Um, he said about 1.7 was needed, uh, 1.7 million in Arizona. I think he's got about 600. So uh, I think the biggest thing in talking to him too, because this was kind of our concern, is the price above spot for these is astronomical. Like it's not the cheapest way to buy gold, um, but it's a currency. So in talking with him, he kind of agreed, you know, this is this is good if you're interested in the currency part of it. But if you're just trying to stock up on gold, maybe not the best. You know, it's a bit more expensive. He's also saying that he's trying to buy and sell them at the actual exchange price, which can be list or found on the Goldbacks website instead of because we found him some places Defy the grid is a bit cheaper than the standard exchange rate. But we've also found people adding a, a huge markup on these. And he's like, no, this isn't a commodity for gold. You know, this is a currency. This is supposed to be an exchange. So I really liked his his mindset on his approach to that because I think that was kind of how we viewed these things. Well, and the one that first introduced us, we want to make sure we give kudos to Randy Miller. I mean, that's the guy that first introduced us. We've been watching it for probably a year now. You know, when you say that we want businesses to understand this and see if they're willing to adopt it, Frank's Honest Auto in Peoria. That's what we're, we're going to use to pay for our next vehicle repair. So get ready. But you know, the, the whole thing, the bottom line for me right now, if you want to get in on these on the ground floor, it is probably the time because if this does grow legs, these are going to be way more expensive. I think you think the markup is high now. I think it'll be way more. 
you know, it's only in four states. I, I believe Leighton said South Dakota is in the process of launching theirs. He's working real hard to get Arizona to launch theirs. And then I think the price will go up. It is a great idea. As of right now, if only 20 establishments accept it, you know, and you buy a bunch of them, you're hanging on to it for right now. You're not going to be able to use it for commerce. So go slow with it. But I do think it's a great idea. The government hates competition. So another downside, I always want to give the pros and the cons on purpose. I don't want to say this is the this is the new currency. This is it. You know, this is something we the people are trying to, you know, get attention to because we are tired of the fiat currency and the manipulation. We don't want to see the central bank digital currency. So here is a novel idea that we hope grows legs. Will it? I don't know. But again, I brought up if you have the resources, this might be great for your diversification. If nothing else, it's wicked cool. So it's not widely accepted yet. We hope it will be one day. It is really cool. And if you want more information, we're at 623-523-0444. We will explain to you in detail about the gold back. We, we keep learning more about it. So with that said... We have a busy week. You know what today is, right, Anthony? As we record, today is the 26th of July. It's Fed Day. So I will not be coming to the office because this is a holiday for me. So today's the day. Remember the hour? Yep. Remember the happy hour? That started about an hour ago. You can be happy any hour of the day if you believe in yourself. So please add another money show. We do advocate drinking in the morning. Anyway, so Fed Day. This is the big day. Do you remember the soap opera when those were real big and, and people would say, I'm, I got to get home and watch my story. Got to get my TiVo and record my story. Days of our lives, general hospitals on the Fed. Today's Fed Day. Are they going to raise it? One quarter of a point. You know, the, it's widely the consensus is today is one quarter of a point. But then next, next month, are they going to pause? Are they going to suspend? Are they going to stop this and reverse course and start printing money again? They're going to start the old quantitative easing. You know, this, this what a joke. You do realize these people that are in charge of the drama that we're going to see later today, they are the ones that caused it. So Fed now might, you know, uh, the whole thing. So raise the, who cares? You know what? We have inflation. They told us a few weeks ago inflation is in check. Well, then why are you raising the rates again today? You do realize there's a bank run going on. We said about a month ago, the bank run that we saw right after Silicon Valley Bank, was it first region? I don't know. It was first republic. We said it wasn't over. There's a huge drain on these banks. We're going to get to that a little bit too when we get to our favorite subject, the banks. It's still going on. What happened? The media stopped feeding you information on it. But anyway, so if inflation is down, like you just told us two or three weeks ago, why are you raising rates a quarter point? You did your job. You did it professionally and carefully, and we're in good shape again. You know, my, my everything is affordable, so why are you doing this? You know what? I got a better idea for you. I got, here's a life goal for you, Fed. Janet Yellen, when you're done with all your helpings of soup, I got an idea for you. Stop spending. You want to help my inflation? You want to help things for my kids and presumed grandkids eventually? Anthony, your mom keeps talking about grandkids. So anyway, if, if you want, ladies, Anthony is not only the eye candy of the office, he is single. So, and he's got a bunch of gold backs from what I just learned. Anyway, so this whole thing, government, government, listen to me carefully. I know you're listening to me. I know you're listening to me. Stop spending. How's that? Okay, I'm done. Thanks. I'm off my work. So, I mean, 
I don't know, one of the articles you sent me about the, the 58 billion of debt being added in four days, you know, you talk to that billionaire or whatever that they were interviewing, he's saying that we're going to inflate our way out of this problem. Says that he doesn't think there's going to be bail-ins. He doesn't think they're going to raise taxes. He thinks that they're just going to inflate their way out of this debt problem. And that's a very reasonable expectation. You know what's going to happen if people start getting laid off? If if this quarter of a point frightens the banks, that's not going to be good. You know what it is going to do? It's going to make our credit card interest rates higher. It's going to make our auto loan rates higher. We're, you know, it, it's getting out of control. And that article you referred to, that was on July 23rd from the Daily Hodel. $57.2 billion dollars added to the U.S. debt in four days as billionaire David Rubenstein issues warning on America's economic future. So $57.2 billion with a B. You know, they raised the debt ceiling. Oh, thank goodness, because we were about to be, you know, in trouble financially as a country. So they, they raised the debt ceiling until, what, January 2024 with no limit. And this this article, it's it's funny because we get so many articles. You know, which one do you do you stop and take the time to print and read and highlight? This is one because the debt is piling on. We told you we went from thirty one trillion in debt and thirty two trillion in debt in a month. And now all of a sudden, this is another three quarters. You know, right? Right? I mean, fifty seven billion. It, this is insane. We're, what are we going to be debt wise in January twenty twenty four? And does it matter? Does it yeah. matter? Can Well, and it's going to sooner or later. You know, I know you and I see it completely differently, but I don't know. I mean, I look at history. I, I'm also almost 60, year 32. I was in our office when the tech bubble burst, the plane hit the building. I was there for 2008. I've seen what happens when there's iffiness in Monday and Monday. I was sorry. I was just thinking about Black Monday. So remember Black Monday, Anthony? Have you ever heard of that? It was like- I don't think I was alive. 19. What was that, 87. It was October 19th of 1987, and the market went down 22.6% in one day, and it kind of scared people. I think we're going to get another Black Monday. I think we're going to have some problems sooner or later, and you can't see it the way that I see it, and I understand that. The whole thing, Rubenstein, you're a smart man. You're a billionaire. Apparently, you, you, you're smart. So um, everything we read, I, you know, we read and disseminate information and bring it to people because you're right, Anthony, they're not getting this on other shows. So you know what the deal is, though? Everything we read is opinion. If you read the news, I don't care what source, you're not getting facts if you're reading stuff like this because it's always trying to be forward looking. I can tell you what happened yesterday. I cannot tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. I just know we read so much and I think there's so much on the table in this country that we can't keep going as things are. Would you so dream? back to Rubenstein's, right? I mean, because that's kind of the complete opposite of what we're saying. But you're right, it is just his opinion. A lot of people give their opinions and they're wrong. But what I do find hilarious is it touts him as this billionaire. You know, you and I can help to try to fix the financials of, you know, individuals and families in our little practice. But this guy's a billionaire. I mean, if he has that kind of money, he could actually make change. And it was funny because he brought up the haves and the have-nots. And obviously, being a billionaire, he is the haves. So why isn't he starting up manufacturing in the U.S.? Why isn't he creating this business that's actually paying fair wages? You know? Oh, I don't know. Why I actually mean, make these kinds of changes. So why are you talk? Why is he out there talking about how the have-nots and these uprisings and 
how they're going to get screwed over and all these rich people are just going to continue to get richer when he can actually be out there solving problems and they're not. Or maybe he is. Maybe he is. Have you studied him? I mean, I haven't looked into his history. You know, I mean, well, I haven't heard of a single company out there that they're because I feel like if there was one, you know, we talked about the the writer strike last week. We said how this could be a catalyst for a bunch of other different industries. But I mean, have you heard of one employer out there that they're touting as, you know, this guy is fair. This guy is hiring from within. He's not outsourcing everybody. Yeah, here's, one for you. here's one for you. Here's another article that I sent to you this week. Chicago's richest man moving his $22 billion company to Florida, citing soaring crime rate. Ken Griffin, a hedge fund manager worth almost $29 billion, has already moved himself and his family to Florida, and recently he released a memo to employees that his $22 billion firm, Citadel Securities, will also be moving to Miami, Florida. Miami, Florida. Do you remember Miami? We took you there when you were a young man, Anthony. And what impressed me about Miami, Florida, they have topless beaches. So I know that's not necessarily tied to finances, but good move, Ken. Good move to Florida. So this man... What does that have to do with hiring people? Well, let me keep going. Then let me keep saying it. You say I get off track all the time, but don't you push me off the track? Today, we are playing good comp band cop. We had a, a young man, shout out to Jason. We had a young man come in the office that's been listening to us. And he said what he really likes is the good cop, bad cop. So we're going to do that on steroids today just for you. So Citadel has around 1,000 employees in and around Chicago. And Griffin's company has accounted for billions of tax dollars to the local state economy. Griffin has personally given more than $600 million, this is pretty generous, to Chicago-based political and charitable uh, you know, the political, I mean, who knows what side is Chicago, so I guess. Well, you don't need charity to pay people proper wages, but go on. Well, it doesn't say that he doesn't. I mean, I, you're right. We can. No, he's, he runs a hedge fund, so of course these people are making tons of money, but this isn't an industry where they're, you know, building trinkets to sell and to bring up the U.S. economy. No, Some these are, are hedge fund managers hedge fund. that got bailed out by Janet Yellen after they got screwed over GameStop for trying to screw over retail investors. No, well, I don't care about Well, Citadel. Janet Yellen, Janet Yellen did do a speech, we believe, for Citadel. So what you're talking about is a, it's funny, it's an intertwined matter. So, and and I know when I have the time, I need to look that up and make sure it's his company. But you're, you're right. I mean, it's a hedge fund. Hedge funds, I mean, you know, the different parts, the different components of the hedge funds, they, they could be doing good stuff. And it's funny because we're actually playing and you're like, I'm the good cop right now because I'm the one who is saying all these companies are evil, they're nefarious, they're doing these bad things. And right now you're saying it. You're like, well, these people are no good. And yeah, why are you standing up for them? I don't know because I guess because good cop, bad cop, I'm tired of being the bad one. I mean, today, my giving your actual I, opinion. It's not a game of bad cop, good cop, or whatever that is. I mean, what do you actually think about it? I, I, you know what? I mean, you and I go back and forth in the office. I think the whole system's rigged. I think the whole system is meant for the rich to get richer, the poor to hover, and the middle class to shrink. So I don't like much of anything I see financially. I can't stand my own industry. How'd you like to be a financial advisor for 26 years and think your own industry is horrible? We talk all the time about how roughly 85% of all the financial plans we see are the same. They're not good. 
We hate the commercials where some young man comes out and says, we manage money. We hate annuities. We, if you do better, we do better. You know what? That's all of us. If you do better and you make more money, that's great because our structure is set where if we get paid on trails or 12B1 fees or commissions or whatever, if you have more money to bring us, we do better. You know what you don't hear in those commercials? What if we have another 2008? What if you don't do better? What if my account goes down by 30%? Do you waive my fees? Answer the question in your commercial. Do you waive the fees? What do you refund the fees on every quarter that I'm actually at a loss at a negative? Of course not. That wouldn't be in the commercial. Well, a lot of them charge more too. So if you're under a certain threshold, they'll charge you more. So if you have X amount of money and you lose it and you go under that threshold, now you're actually paying more in fees. It's just like an overdraft. You know, they're charging you money for not having money. Well, when I used to do a lot of mutual funds, it was it was funny to me. If you've ever heard the term break points, when you put in $5,000 on a small growth fund, you're at maximum sales charge, which back then, looking at, you know, Fidelity, Franklin Templeton, that was 5.75%. Once you get up to, you know, some companies 50,000, some 100,000, you know, they they lower that. Once you get up to a half a million, they lower it. When you get to a million, there's no charge. So the rich are getting richer. The middle class is shrinking because who's putting money in mutual funds? It's not the poor. It's not the rich. The rich don't own this crap. You know, they, they, they're not buying mutual funds. They have a lot of stocks. They're in those hedge funds. That's right. They're in Citadel. And they're all moving from Chicago to Miami, which, by the way, in the wintertime, good for you. And did I mention that there are beaches with, well, never mind. That's a different. So anyway, let's move on a little bit because I don't know if this, maybe this is boring for people listening. So in current events, do you realize that currently as we speak, the Fed, the Fed, the federal, the, the government is talking about suing Texas. Have you heard anything about that? No. Nope. The federal government is going to sue one of their own states. As far as I understood, the states are actually part of the country. And the country is suing a state, state called Texas, little state on the southern end of the, of the country. They're, they're saying they're suing them because they're trying to protect their borders. Let that sink in for a second. If you're in Texas and you don't want a bunch of people coming here without vetting and verifying and using the front door, they want to sue you. Well, oh, JR, that's racist. You know, that's that's a political. That's that's right and left. But give me a break. I'm tired of people saying this stuff's political. It's financial. Where does the Fed get their money to sue Texas? What's your guess, Anthony? Where are they getting their money? Where does Texas get their money to sue back or to defend themselves? What the hell is going on in this country? What the hell? I'm talking individuals. I'm talking municipalities, states, federal. It's broken. It's really broken. And something's going to give. And you have to live with it. I will see it for a shorter period of time than you will. So welcome to it. If we get back to normal, you do realize we still have to address Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. We have stuff to do in this country. And you know what? They're, They're suing each other. Good night. And by the way, you know, really, you're suing a state because they want a sovereign state they want to protect their borders. Don't make that political. Just just think for a minute. It leads me into something. Do you remember, Anthony, or if you're listening to the show for any length of time, do you remember me bringing up New York, wanting to have people house immigrants? Let's call them guests. Yeah, well, I gave you an article yesterday. I don't know if you had time to read it. Massachusetts urges residents. So I told you it was going to grow. It just things go slowly and under the radar. 
Massachusetts urges residents to open their homes to border crossers. <laughs> so this, this is funny. Massachusetts is facing a growing influx of border crossers and illegal immigrants contributing to the state's homelessness crisis. In response, Governor Mora, is that a woman or a man? Mora Healy has called upon residents to consider offering their empty bedrooms and apartments as temporary, temporary, yeah, try to get me out of your house later, for these individuals. Many of the families seeking housings are immigrants who have fled violence in countries such as Haiti and have journeyed through various states before arriving to Massachusetts. Why don't you stay in those states, spread yourselves out? So, you know, all these immigrants from Haiti and so forth, you know, welcome to America. I don't know, make your way to St. Louis, Missouri, or make your way to Minneapolis, Minnesota, or to Chicago, Illinois, or to LA, or, you know, you're going to have to escape the violence here too pretty soon. But anyway, I'm hearing there's a lot of Chinese guests coming in from the southern border too. So are they housing them? As part of its efforts to address the housing needs of new arrivals, Massachusetts is currently funding nearly 40 hotels and motels across the state to house border crossers and illegal immigrants. This expenditure, here's my favorite line of this article, and then I'll move on because I know we're getting close to break time. This expenditure is being covered by taxpayers. Oh, you think? You think? You think Mora is paying? You, th- you think our buddy that's moving to Miami is going to pay for all the housing of the uh, guests? I-, I don't know. One, uh, you know, one last thing. I lied. The influx of border crossers and illegal immigrants has added strain to the housing resources and exacerbated, that's a great word, exacerbated the ongoing homelessness crisis. I I, I don't know. Good night. You know, so we're going to sue Texas. At the same time, we're going to ask you to take in a migrant into your home. How does this end? You know, don't forget, if you look at history in Germany, when there was a little rough patch back, you know, back in the day in Germany, they uh, kind of made people take in guests. So at this point, we're just asking you nicely. In New York, they were going to pay you. They were offering some of that COVID, leftover COVID money to pay you. In Massachusetts, they're just asking you nicely. In two years from now or 10 years from now, is there any chance, Anthony, and I know you'll say no, I'll say yes. Is there any chance they are going to say, if you have an extra bedroom, here is your new roommate? Any chance? I don't know. Okay. Well, I can't imagine it happening. I know what you're thinking. It's not yes or no. It's who cares. It's never going to happen. It's, you know, I don't, I don't know. So anyway, with that, why don't we take a break? Because I am in rare form today. You used to always say, JR, seems like you're on one today. And that's how I feel. So reach out to us, team at anothermoneyshow.com. Call us, 623-523-0444. Please do check out our YouTube channel. That is what I'm really passionate about at this point. And thank you for being here. We'll be right back. You're listening to Another Money Show. At Rochford & Associates, we know the road to financial freedom is not a straight path. And the journey is different for every family. And in times like these, we want you to feel confident that you're safely on track to meet your retirement goals. We want to ask you to prepare for economic chaos. We want you to prepare for bank volatility. We want you to insure and protect your assets with a smart plan. Our team can help you make the most of your hard-earned savings using strategies that are right for you. I want more people to sit down with us. When we talk about a financial plan, it's different for every person we meet. We tailor make our plans. Schedule your no obligation consultation today by calling 623 623- 
623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. Rochford and Associates, veteran-owned and proud to serve Americans like you. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a rating and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Another Money Show. Thank you so much for being with us. Whether you're here on Saturday at 960 The Patriot or you're on your favorite podcast platform. By the way, I heard in August, Stitcher is closing their doors. So if you like and subscribe to us on Stitcher, you need to find a new platform. But we can help you. Reach out to us. Uh, YouTube. I keep talking about YouTube. That is the wave of the future. So, and we are, as of yet, waiting to get to Joe Rogan levels. So if you can help us, we'd appreciate it. Back to current events. I heard this morning or last night, I don't know, I, you know, time means nothing to me. I heard that we averted the big UPS strike. So that is a really good thing because that was presumably going to be the largest, most costly strike in a century. How they know that, how do I know? You know, you don't hear much about the strike in California since last week with having Doug on. I haven't heard anything about it, but I guess it's still going on. But if you have heard about UPS, good news. And I'm not being sarcastic. I think it's wonderful news because you know I, terms were? I have no idea. I haven't, I haven't heard it yet. I just heard this last night or this morning. I just know that it's a good thing. And we reached out to our friend Todd. He's, he's a retired UPS driver. And that was about two weeks ago. He said, there's no way. There's no way they're going to strike. It's, it's way too huge of a deal and it's not going to happen. And he was correct. I love having friends in different industries. I reached out to my buddy Nick yesterday up in Washington. And, you know, I check in with him once in a while. He sells the big trucks. He sells the, the what, do you, what do you call them? Like Peterbilt? Fr- Freightliner. He's with Freightliner. Yeah, he sells the semis. And one thing he told me yesterday that was very interesting to me, he said that a... Let's see here. I think I took a note on it because I didn't want to forget to bring this up. Anyway, um, I something about taxes in California. I yeah, overheard yeah. a little bit of the conversation. Yeah, they they're trying to get rid of this federal excise tax, and then it's going to bring down the cost of these rigs, and that will in turn get some of the pre twenty ten rigs off the street, which will help the environment. So it's this catch twenty two. But he also told me that they there's this push, which there is with every vehicle, to go electric. And he said that it's it's just insane. You know, right now your your cousin Hope in Texas is worried about them shutting down their power. They're having a heat wave in Texas and she's worried about power. Well, our government is saying we have to go all electric. You know, we're not gonna have a stove and a water heater and blah blah blah. But the trucks, Nick said that one semi truck that's an electric vehicle consumes the energy, the electricity of a, a ten average homes. So he said, if you if you put nationwide, if you if you make all these semis electric, each one is going to use the power of roughly ten average homes. That that's terrifying. I mean, you know, I'm already worried about solar flares and EMPs and you know the fringe stuff because I wear a tinfoil hat. But the the normal mainstream, you know, what we're trying to do going electric, we're not ready. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the money. These things are not as clean as you think. Because my yeah, it's just as big of a pollutant, just in different ways, and I don't know why we can't have a push for electric while keeping gas, because it doesn't yeah. hurt to cut down yeah. on gas, but it doesn't hurt to have electric in the mix too. I mean, why not have 
multiple energy sources and make this just, you know, yes, yeah, want. solar, hydrogen, gas, coal, yeah. yes. And then when we're ready, when the time is right, just stop shoving everything down our throats. So, well, it'd be one thing if one was an obvious choice, you know, if you're saying it's for the environment and it actually is environmentally friendly, that would make sense. But, you know, there's all kinds of stuff about the EVs and the batteries and how, yeah, you might save on gas mileage, but there's still an environmental cost to it. It's not like any of these are perfect answers. So why not just, you know, you spread that, uh, spread the waste, essentially, you know, you don't overly pollute with gas you don't overly pollute you know with the the mining for the the batteries you know you limit both you have access to both and hydrogen i think is going to be the big one i know uh i want to say audi is making a supercar out of it or maybe it was kia i I don't know but i mean hydrogen could be a good one but yeah we're not there yet but well and i do think we should get there in a wise manner and not the way we're doing it right now but that's again because i am negative about everything so well, mostly it's just based on a lie that's the problem it's for the environment yeah. do this for it but it's not it's really not so that's my issue i mean if it was actively for the environment then yeah of course all right make a big push for it but if it's really not then at least don't lie to me about it just say that well, we want to for marketing but that's what we do that's what we're fed our entire system our government our media it's all about lying to you and until people realize that, I mean, you, you know, uh, most of the nation, <laughs> you know, pretty much everybody except me, I think the entire nation except me, went to the big, the movie Barbie, the opening. That's what the nation wants. They don't want the truth. They don't want to see the future. I've, I you haven't said it in a while. You need to look up the term normalcy bias. You know, the ostrich effect. You, you need to understand just because you don't believe it or you don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. This country is going the wrong way, spiritually, morally, financially, physically, the obesity. It's it's so many fronts. We can't deal with it. You know, we don't, we don't talk much about gun control on this show, but I can tell you what, it's a lot easier to take a gun away from, you know, some person in their house than it is to solve the problems of mental illness and education and psychotropic drugs. We, we'd rather put a Band-Aid on everything that bleeds, then try to fix it and see why you keep bleeding. But that's everything. So back to UPS. We averted the UPS strike, so that's a good thing. But you know what? I got another one for you to check out that I didn't see make it more mainstream. Do a quick search on your Go platform or Google or whatever you use and look up the company Yellow Freight. They are apparently in the process of defaulting on their pensions. They are also not paying health insurance premiums for their employees, from what I can ascertain. Yellow Freight. Look it up, because I'm always thinking industries, a lot of times things happen in similar ways, you know, and, and the whole pension thing, we're, we're big on that. You know, we, we did see what happened to GM. We watched what happened with United Airlines, you know, about a year ago. Anthony, you talked in detail about the pension guarantee fund and how insolvent it's been. And my, my thinking about this, Yellow Freight, you know, everybody's heard of UPS and FedEx. You know, they necessarily have not heard of Yellow Freight and DHL and other things. But look it up because it's it's kind of scary. So, and if, if, as a reminder to people that do have pensions with employers, you know, and not in every case, but in quite a few, if you go to retire, they offer you a pension, which is an annuity, right? Annuity is a bad word, but pension's good, even though they're the same thing. 
but they also offer you a lump sum option. And in a lot of cases, you can take that lump sum, invest in a pension that you control and own, um, and make more money. So we do that for people all of the time. So that's kind of our, you know, our specialty really is pension planning. But yes. that's, you know. And the pensions, if you don't have a pension, if you didn't work for the Arizona State Retirement System, if you didn't work for somebody that has a pension, you you do need one. You better find a way to supplement your Social Security income, your, your TSP, your TSA, your 403B, your SEP, your Simple. You know, you, you, you better find a way. We can help you. We do small individual personal pensions. We do large pensions. You have people come in all the time. They retire. They bring in their information on their pension. You just do the numbers, you know, but the difference between what you do for people and what they bring in to see you, their pensions, their annuity is with a large group plan. Think United Airlines, think GM, think Yellow Freight. It doesn't mean it's solid. You know, you take ASRS, the Arizona State Retirement System. That's near and dear to my heart because I am married to a retired teacher. She retired at 56 years of age. All these teachers that get to their full points, you know, the age and years in service, they're retiring in their mid-50s to, to their early 60s. We're, we're told we're living longer until COVID. Now that's shrinking. I'm sorry about LeBron John's, you know, son. We, we're living longer. You know, so if a teacher retires at 56 and she lives to 96 and she gets three quarters of her salary or whatever, it's not going to sustain. We're at the beginning of a wave of insolvency in pensions. And the pension guarantee fund doesn't have the money. It's like we shout out all the time. You well, got to do it now because they got bailed out. Remember? Yeah, they got bailed out. The government, the people that have thirty-two trillion in debt, nearing it on thirty-three. Okay, let's. How many bailouts are we going to be able to stand? Yeah, they were bailing? sixty-five billion in the hole, and now they are up uh, half a or five hundred million, uh, uh, half Good. a billion. So half a billion. Not the spread during those uh, environmental bailouts. Or stop right there. Whatever. Half a billion. Half a billion. Billion. We haven't talked billions in decades. We're on trillions, Anthony. We're soon to be on quadrillions. So your half a billion is not going to go very far. Pay my pension for six months. Then what do I do? Then what do I do for the rest of my life? As you cut my social security. Now this is this is this is an issue. But anyway, I didn't mean to get too crazy on the pension thing. I just thought you'd like to know we can help you if you have a pension. And and I would much rather see you with a good solid A rated insurance company that weathered the Great Depression and has guarantees and reserves, I would rather see you at least explore those options than to sit in your yellow freight pension. So <laughs> back to money, you know, we, we got to make this show financial. We're going to talk nothing but financial, which is great. Another That's article. Financial. I mean, people don't know that they have options for their pensions and it'd be right. one thing to retire for five years, think you've got this pension for life and then all of a sudden it goes away. Like you don't want to be dealing with that. Sorry. Anyway, it's where go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Here's my crystal ball. It's what's going to happen. We manage money into the future. We help people, one person, one couple, one family at a time without a crystal ball. And I am telling you, today I'm very I'm I'm very I read way too many articles this past week and I'm really like they're all lining up. So I think it's not gonna be good news. Sorry. I've been saying for months now, realtors, dust off your manual on short sales and foreclosures. Well, there's nothing going wrong. You know, the, the foreclosure rates are rising very slightly, but the inventory is still so low that no, it doesn't matter. You, you, right now, if you go to buy a house, instead of 3% interest rate, you're getting five. It doesn't matter. 
Nothing's changing with the housing market. I know that. I don't know when it's going to cycle, but I know it's going to cycle. What did I say last week? You know, if you're having a, uh, a bad day, don't worry. Tomorrow will be better. Things cycle. If you're having a good day, don't get too cocky. Tomorrow's going to suck. Hang in there. So, well, I mean, that- we even talked to uh, a post office uh, employee saying that he's seen a ton more letters of foreclosures. You know, it's one thing to hear the stats, but here's somebody day to day looking at, you know, handling people's mail and he's seeing it firsthand. I mean, that's that was shocking. I mean, it, it's, I shouldn't say it's shocking, but it's like, oh, it just confirms everything else we're hearing. Right. And it's still baby steps. It's still on on the ground floor. But I, I'm yep. just telling you, I, I get back to me in two years and let's see if the country looks the same. So Thanks back to another. So back to, yeah, and I'm going to keep saying every two years until it gets here, because you you got to admit, the debt two years ago versus now, the the auto prime loans, the subprime auto loans, the inflation, you think I was wrong two years ago when I told people to put a little extra food and water away? Because even if we don't have the STHF scenario, you're still going to pay more for your can of corn? Was I wrong, Anthony? Go back two years ago and listen to what I was saying. And then look now, you bought a tower garden two years ago, was it more money or less? You bought toilet paper two years ago. Was it more money or less? I'm not wrong. I've never been wrong. I've been early. Ooh, look at me being cocky. Tomorrow I'm going to be slapped down for this. No, I'm not, I'm not wrong. I'm early. but I'm, And I'm on my game today, so I'm going to keep sounding alarms fast and furiously. So government, you, you take me off track all the time. So government handing out 1.8 million. What a, talk about a tiny number. 1.8 million <laughs> with no strings attached in U.S. basic income pilot. Pilot, if you've ever heard of uh, the the television set, the TV, pilot is usually like the intro. It's like the first step. So let me read that to you one more time. Government handing out 1.8 million with no strings attached in U.S. basic income pilot, a U.S.-based project aimed at identifying how free government cash. I love this. I can't make this up. This is from July 21st. I'll, I'll afford it to anybody that asks from the Daily Hodel. That's becoming my new zero hedge. It's really a good source. So let's see here how free government cash handouts can help citizens (laughs) has officially launched. The Denver, welcome to Colorado, the Denver Basic Income Project. That's the name of it. It's like the Blair Witch Project, only way scarier. And this will end bad, unlike the Blair Witch Project. So the Denver Basic Income Project is handing out a total of 1.8 million to hundreds of people who are struggling with their finances. More than 800 people in three separate groups will receive cash as part of the program. The first group will receive $1,000 for a year. The second for a year, and think about that for a second, that's a month, so that's a lot of money. The second group will receive an initial $6,500 with an additional $500 for the remaining uh, 11 subsequent months and the final group will receive a flat $50 for a year. The Denver City Council approved and paid for the project, which is run by the Denver Basic Income Project. A little bit more, Anthony. I know you hate when I read to people, but that's why yeah. I do it. So it is designed to see how people who are struggling with homelessness can benefit. Remember that word homelessness can benefit from programs that provide cash with no strings attached. According to a new update, many of the early participants say the project has lifted a weight off of their shoulders. Yeah, I think so. You hand me a pile of cash. I don't care how much I already have. You're going to make me feel better. Almost all the participants noted 
feelings of relief, dis- decreased to stress, and increased hopefulness when asked about the impact of DBIP on their daily lives. So, well, yeah, it's free money. I think that's great. I think we should do free pizza and beer too, but I'm just thinking outside the box. According to the report, participants are using the money, hear this, hear this, remember I said the word homelessness, participants are using the money for basic needs, although they are allowed to spend the money on anything they want. And and by the way, anything they want, does that include like alcohol, tobacco, firearms? Does that mean we need to get the ATF to watch them? It says here... Uh, what are they using it for? They're using it to cover or catch up on regular bills, including rent. Well, wait a minute. I thought it was for homeless people. I guess it's a smattering of folk. Rent, debt, health care, car repair. Well, I, okay. So y- you want me to know that this is a great thing. We're helping people, which I love the idea. We're broke. Denver, you're probably broke. Cincinnati, you're broke too. Phoenix, are you broke? I know it's hot, but are you broke? It says yeah, but the government's people. going to misappropriate funds anyways. At least this is going to something worthwhile. Well, maybe they can take the funds from Texas when they sue them and just divert them over to Denver. I don't know how this ends. There you go. Hey, we're so wasting wrap- money on suing people. Let's do universal basic income. There we go. Andrew Yang would be proud. You're doing well, Denver. A final report on the basic income project will be released in October. I can't wait to read it, but I'm sure I will never see another word on this because that's how our media goes. I have to get to another couple articles because today is flying by for me and I'm afraid to even look at the clock. So here's another one. $78 billion exits U.S. banking system in one week as J.P. Morgan CEO, I think that's Jamie Dimon, the, the, the upstanding young man, CEO issues alert on deposit flight. Do you remember when we were telling people that there was a run on the banks and the media stopped saying stuff about it. So we thought it was okay and we didn't worry about it. I don't know. This article is from July 21st. As we record, that was five days ago because today's July 26th. So apparently, if this is big enough where JP Morgan is issuing an alert on deposit flight, it's still going on. I am not dumb enough to think it ever stopped, but that's just me. So yeah, it new- says $78 billion in just a week. And saying year to date was uh, about three quarters of a trillion. It was seven forty two. Um, they're saying that they're showing and they're showing different numbers. You know, depending on where you look, um, you kind of get a different report. So I'm not really sure if it's all the same numbers or if they're coming from different places. But that is from uh, I think it was Fred. Uh, 17.3 trillion in total is what they have in the banks. But if you look at the FDIC. And what they're saying that their covered assets are, uh, that's $23.7 trillion. Yeah, but I thought the FDIC reports December 31st. I thought if you look at the FDIC.gov right now, you're seeing numbers from the end of last year. They're not showing you real r- recent numbers, I thought, or is it quarterly? No, this is from the end of March. This is Q1 numbers from 2023. I pulled that report, and it was On saying point seven. On FDIC? Yeah. Then who's lying to me? And why would Jamie Dimon come out and saying there's an exodus from his bank? Why would he lie? I, I would say I would believe the private well, banks before three month old numbers. That's what I'm saying, as if it's you know, six trillion over the last, you know, few months. That's massive. But I don't know. But based on that other numbers, you know, the article you're talking about links to the the Fred, which was what, St. Louis something, uh, the St. Louis Fed. Well, like, what you're talking about, yeah, 
Yeah, you're uh, talking anyway. about the Federal Reserve economic data out of San Francisco yeah. Fed. Yes. It also says that these banks have $22.8 trillion in assets, but they've also got $20.6 trillion in liabilities. That means they really only have $2 trillion. You know, you have to keep debts into the, into the mix. So if you really have only $2 trillion, what do you really have? $2 trillion for the entire country? It's nothing. It's nothing. All right. So we agree. We at roundabout agree. They're, they're still running the banks, kids. Get the heck rid of your safe deposit box. Take some cash. Buy some gold backs. Pay down debt. Buy hard assets. We'll help you out with how. We'll help you with how to do moderation. We'll help you with your risk tolerance. You know, and, and make sure you see Anthony for a pension. So two more articles, and they're both really important. One I'll go over very fast, and one I want to end up with today. Here, here's one for you. <laughs> the, the Federal Reserve of San Francisco. Oh, the same people are hiring a crypto architect for the CBDC project. This was on July 23rd. It says here, San Francisco's Federal Reserve Bank is seeking a crypto architect for a central bank digital currency project. And indeed, this is where our government is going. <laughs> and in, in <laughs> an indeed job posting has revealed, according to the role description, the employer will work on the CBD research and development. Indeed is hiring for somebody to change the entire financial system of this country. And I'm not supposed to be upset. And I'm wearing a tinfoil hat as I continue. The position is full-time and hybrid. I guess hybrid means you're going to work out of your house or drive a Prius. I don't know. With an annual salary starting at $134,900. You're going to pay me $135,000 to revamp the entire currency of the United States of America, a once powerhouse in the financial arena of our globe. This this is, you can't make this stuff up. It's, it, and by the way, I thought we weren't going towards CBDC. I thought, I thought the government was just, you know, testing it out. Apparently now they need a head architect. And how on earth are you only paying that kind of money? I don't want that job. I don't know. Go ahead and, and research this, d dig into it. Make sure everything we say is vet and verified by you too, not just us. But I found that article hilarious because I still think we're going to have changes and I think they're coming up fast. I guess, I guess there's no reason to beat that one to death. I just think it's hilarious that our government is hiring somebody to work on our currency through Indeed. The last article, Anthony, I got from you. So I think that this will be a good one for us to talk about. So this article that you gave me, Mystery Company Buys... 800 million worth of land, 800 million, that's nothing. That's not even a billion. Why am I reading this? 800 million worth of land near Travis Air Force Base, raising concerns about national security. Do you want me to read a couple lines for Xanthi or do you just want to discuss it? Okay, moving on. So, uh, you know, we had a weather balloon across the country not too long ago. Do you remember that? And it was nothing. It You know, it, it, it happens a lot. I mean, I was... Right during the break, as I was preparing for the second half of the show today, guess what flew right over my head? Yeah, it, 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 it was a weather balloon. So I shot it down, though. I didn't even let it get into the kitchen. I shot it down right here. So anyway, uh, Congressman Garamendi raised the alarm to the U.S. Air Force, promoting a federal investigation, a federal investigation on this. Oh, good, good, good. I, you know, and then when they finish finding out whether or not our country is literally being attacked from within and being spied on and perhaps being positioned for a problem. I wonder if they'll go back to the federal investigation on the bag of cocaine in the warehouse. But well, I mean, how can they not know who owns this company? 
how can they not know who owns the Shell Corporation buying up all this land next I am super glad you asked. Let me answer that question. So, public records show the company Flannery Associates LLC began purchasing land around the military base in 2018. The controversy was first reported by the Wall Street Journal. Never heard of it, but I'm sure it's a, a pretty good publication. Just kidding, I've heard of it. So investigators say those acquisitions ramped up in 2023. Now literally three sides, listen to me closely, three sides of that base are totally controlled by the Flannery Group. Who are these people, Garamendi said? Where do they get the money? Where could they pay five to ten times the normal value that others would pay for this farmland? This, this article is shocking. This is like this is like the end of our country type level. They're also buying land in North Dakota. It says here last year 300 acres of farmland were purchased near Minot Air Base in North Dakota. Grimel Garamendi called it a spy base. If you were ever in the Air Force like I was, you probably remember Minot was very famous. Nobody wanted to go to Minot because it's really cold there in the winter. They used to say, "Why not Minot?" and we didn't want to go there. So anyway, well, uh, yeah, we got to wrap this up. We only have two oh, minutes no. left. So why don't you just oh. get to the point? All right. The the point is, you know, yeah. wake up. Have you ever heard of the the website right now or the app Team You? And it, they're trying to say it's based out of you know Boston and then New York. It, you don't think these are a Chinese corporation? You know, behind the Flannery Group. Wake up. So all I'm saying it could is, be, but how? I mean, just what kind of joke is that that we can't track this down? I mean, geez. right. And yeah. you're telling me our federal government is not feckless. Oh, good night. Okay. All I'm saying to you, I think we're going to find out within the next months or years. Flannery, Flannery, they sound like they're more from Ireland or Scotland. I bet a million dollars they're from China. But you're right. We're going to find out. But that's it for today's show. If you like what you heard, have questions on any of the topics today, or want to sit down with us to review your personal financial situation. Uh, you can reach us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Find us on the web and schedule appointments straight from our website, anothermoneyshow.com. Uh, if you want to re-listen to this episode, listen to past episodes, you can find Another Money Show wherever you like and subscribe to podcasts. Remember, if you want to talk to us, there are no minimums. There's no cost for appointments. There's nothing to lose by getting a second opinion on your financial situation. We will see you again next Saturday at noon right here at 960 The Patriot. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor, BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. At Rochford & Associates, we know the road to financial freedom is not a straight path, and the journey is different for every family. And in times like these, we want you to feel confident that you're safely on track to meet your retirement goals. We want to ask you to prepare for economic chaos. We want you to prepare for bank volatility. We want you to insure and protect your assets with a smart plan. Our team can help you make the most of your hard-earned savings using strategies that are right for you. 
I want more people to sit down with us. When we talk about a financial plan, it's different for every person we meet. We tailor make our plans. Schedule your no obligation consultation today by calling 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. Rochford and Associates, veteran owned and proud to serve Americans like you.